Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as uh, we continue on in a series we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. We're well into this series, and uh, this series is all about uh, putting together a primer, is what I've called it, uh, to prime the pump of our hearts, to get us more connected, to encourage us to spend more time with God every day, and, uh, you know, my hope is at the end of this, when we, when we finally finish up, that you've been encouraged to spend, you know, I'm, I'm, we're just talking 15, 20 minutes early in the day with God, that it's worth getting up early for. It's, it's worth making it a priority in your life because it will allow you to have a better life. It will allow you to have a, a fuller life, the abundant life that we're to know in Christ. It has a lot to do with being connected with him and... Uh, and yet we fight against this sort of very push-button kind of culture we live in that, that we just push a button and things come at us and it requires almost no effort. Uh, and uh, and that's, it's different in our relationship with God. This is a relationship that needs to be nurtured and built upon and encouraged and seen for the amazing privilege that it is that we actually can hang out with the creator of the universe. And he wants to in a very, very real, intimate, personal way. And uh, that our part is just you know, kind of showing up and uh, making that time to get connected with him. And it's really about developing habits, good habits, uh, good uh, disciple habits, disciplined habits, spiritual disciplines. That's what this is all about, setting some of those in place in your life because it's so easy for us not to follow through. And so um, we've talked about getting focused, uh, we, and we've talked about getting thankful, and we've talked about getting connected. And um, this last section we've been working on is all about getting dressed in the armor of God. And we spent a lot of time working through some portions of Scripture and breaking them down so that when you see them, and, and I, I try and get them in front of you in this primer on a daily basis, um, that you, you, they kind of trigger little thoughts in you um, that help you get more connected. And so we, we started way back with Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. That those verses are all about getting us ushered into the, the most holy place, the, the presence of the living God, the, the literal presence of God is available to us. Uh, and for our focus then to get on him and, and uh, on his throne and from his throne, we begin to look at things differently. Then we talked about the importance of getting thankful. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And we, that's Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And we talked about the importance of being thankful and how it changes our attitude throughout the day. And those little verses, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I think about that one verse, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, the peace of God. Because as soon as I stop not feeling peaceful, I think about that verse. 
And then we talked about the importance of getting connected. And we looked at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9 through uh, 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that, that's a guide for prayer, to help us stay connected as we look to God and, and to sort of not wander off in our prayer life. And, and it leads from there, you know, keep us from the evil one, into what we're talking about now in Ephesians 6, 12 through 18. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in plate and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil ones. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. And then leads us into today's verse which we'll get right to in a minute. Uh, and so you're, you're, you're all totally up to speed right at the moment. But before we do that, I like to do something a little different. Um, I got this, I thought it was pretty good. It's, uh, uh, you know, because those baby boomers were all getting pretty old now, uh, and we're growing up, um, that some of the original artists from songs that we grew up with are changing the lyrics so they're more applicable to our lives. And I liked some of these, maybe you can uh, appreciate some of them, a little musical interlude here. Uh, Bobby Darren changed the words to his song, and now it's, Splish Splash, I was having a flash. Some of you will immediately appreciate that. Roberta Flack. The first time ever I forgot your face. Johnny Nash. I can't see clearly now. That's me. Leo Sayer. You make me feel like napping. I want to nap the night away. No? My favorite, Tony Orlando. Knock three times on the ceiling if you hear me fall. <laughs> uh, uh, Helen Reddy, I'm not sure if I can do this one or not. I am woman, hear me snore. <laughs> Last one, Willie Nelson. On the commode again. Is that appropriate for church? I never know a toilet humor that I don't cross the line. <laughs> but, you'll be, but that's the one that's going to stick with you, I'm afraid. On the commode again. I can't wait to get on the commode again. <laughs> See, now I've crossed the line. Scripture reading. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. This is out of the message paraphrase. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and make everything plain as day, and if I have faith, it says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So... In this section of uh, our primer, in this idea of getting dressed in the spiritual armor of God, 
Uh, we, we've talked about that, that God makes us possible so we can stand against evil. We're, we're getting ready to go out into the world. We've, we've hung out with the Lord and now he's, he's, he's preparing us for our movement into our calling, our ministries, our purpose for life, and our relationships with the people that are close to us and the people that we'll meet through the day. And so we've, we've been looking at the armor piece by piece. We said the belt of truth and the, the breastplate of righteousness give us integrity to allow us to stand alongside the broken. The shoes of peace and the shield of faith give us courage and allow us to stand against fear. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit give us real life now and forever as we stand with Jesus. And as we look today at Ephesians 6.18, we'll be talking about standing in love. Ephesians 6.18 says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So here's the deal. I've got this armor now. I've got it on, I'm ready to go out into the world, and, and now the, the reminder is that I need to be alert of everything that's going to pop up during the day that's going to try and get me off track. I need to be alert to the little schemes and plans of the evil one and the things he's going to try and throw at me to move me away from this connection that I've established with God and to start thinking about myself and my own little narrow perspective of life and how everything impacts me. And when I do start to do that, my tendency is to react um, against the flesh and blood that's around me. Uh, and instead of remembering what's really going on. And so I forget about integrity and I become very self-righteous. I forget about courage and I become discouraged and very selfish. I forget about real life and I get very sort of complacent, kind of going with the flow of the world around me. And so I have to pray. And in particular, I need to pray in the Spirit and I need to keep uh, praying throughout the day. Because we talked about prayer, but that prayer was a very focused, sort of guided prayer through the Lord's Prayer. And now we need to continue to pray as we're being led by and moved by uh, in our daily lives, the Holy Spirit who's with us. And so it's a reminder to be alert and to keep praying and to, to know that we, we didn't just pray one time and we're done. It's a constant thing to help us stay connected in the process. So the first point in your notes is to pray in the Spirit. What does that mean? Who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? And uh, just to have a chat about this. Jesus introduces him in John 16 and Acts 1. In John 16, 7, Jesus says this, But I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And again in verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Acts 1 and 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Apostle Paul also tells us this about the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. Verses 7 to 11. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there's given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of uh, tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. So what we know from that brief introduction is that the Holy Spirit, he's our counselor, he guides us into all truth, he empowers us for ministry by giving us gifts for the common good, and, and uh, he's with us and for us in the context of this life. So what does that have to do then with standing in love? How is all this tied together with, with that point? 
that's the second thing, is that love has to be the motivation of our lives. Love has to be the motivation of our lives. We, from the beginning of this series, we've talked about that. Loving God, loving others, loving ourselves. Love needs to be the motivation of our lives. We need to be very careful that greed's not the motivation, that um, fear is not the motivation, but that love is what motivates us. And we have to do pretty regular checks to see what's motivating to us to do certain things in our lives. Because the only one that's the good one for us is to be motivated by love. Everything else gets us off track. And so it's something that we constantly have to look at. And, and um, what we looked at in the verses today is that we can be dressed in the armor of God, we can be equipped with amazing gifts of the Spirit, and yet if the motivation of our lives isn't love, then we miss the mark. And that's, that's something that we always have to be careful of. Because um, if you were with us uh, on Wednesdays at all, we just did a big study through uh, 1 Corinthians and what that looks like. And, and the Corinthian church was amazingly gifted by the Spirit, but they lost sight of love pretty quickly. And they became critical, backbiting, disorganized, ineffective very quickly. And Paul had to go back in and say, look, you're missing the main thing. That's what, the, that's what those verses were all about. You've, you've been blessed by God with all these things, but that's not the main thing. The main thing is that you love well, that you love God, and you love others, and you love yourself. That's the main thing. If we get away from that, then all the other stuff just becomes, like you said, a resounding gong. It becomes kind of sort of a fluff and, instead of being what really matters. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. See, it's very important for us to uh, hold on to this thing because sometimes we can, uh, we can be sort of swayed by a person's giftedness and, and we don't see that, that they're really not loving very well. And you need to see first that they're loving well and then th the rest of it should follow. But um, some people are extremely gifted but don't love well. And, and you always need to be careful with that because at some point it's going to get twisted in a bad way in what's going on. And it can be very profound and very uh, impacting on your life. But if love's not the motivation, then, then there's always going to be problems that arise from it. See, the, the third point, last point in your notes, is that everything, everything has to be passed through the filter of love. Everything that we do has to be passed through the filter of love. Everything. I almost wanted to write everything, 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 everything there to make it so you heard what I was saying. Everything needs to be passed through the filter of love. And we'll talk about that filter now and, and then in the weeks to come as well. Um, see, the, the reason is it's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to think that our way is the right way and it's, it's very easy to get so self-focused that we can miss what God is doing. Again, we talked about this last week or the week before. That's what happened to the Pharisees. Remember, the Pharisees are very easy to write off just as evil when you read about them in the New Testament. But they, they certainly didn't start that way. They, they started with a very noble purpose to protect Judaism from the, the culture. That was just the, particularly the, the Greek culture, which was taking over everything. 
And the whole world was being, the, the word they use is Hellenized. It was being changed by the Greek culture. It was just taking over everything. And this, this band of people that became known the Pharisees, they banded together and said, we've got to protect Judaism from this influence. And so they started with noble purpose. But over a couple hundred year period, they, they quit running things through the filter of love and it became this horrendously critical, judgmental, non-loving way of, of trying to relate to God and, and yet they weren't involved in relationship. And that happens in the church all the time. They lose sight of love and it becomes something completely different. And at that point, we're just no longer effective in the culture. Because the culture, for all its problems, immediately is very good at picking up hypocrisy. They get it just like that. Where, and, and, so, and then once they can, can actually label us as hypocrites. Some, now, sometimes we'll fight that because they just have decided we're all hypocrites before they give us a chance. But if, if, it, if it's accurate, then we lose our credibility with the culture. Which is what we're working so hard against here. Is, look, we, we don't presume to have it all together. We're trying to love well and figure this thing out. We're trying to love God well. We're trying to love other people well. We're trying to love ourselves well. We're not perfect at it, but we're working on it. And to me, that's, that's the, the, the main reality that the world needs to hear. It's only possible in relationship with God through Christ. And, and that's what we're trying to do. And so, the filter of love that I'm talking about is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Ties in with just where we finished. And it says these things. And this is just the, most of you know these verses. We read them at weddings. We, we do a lot of stuff with these verses. But, but to me, it's a great way to pass through um, and our decisions and things that we're going through in the course of the day. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. How's everybody doing fine so far? <laughs> I, I always get stuck on the first one. Love is patient. Like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> I wish you just started with something else. <laughs> oh, I can't even get to the rest. <laughs> Love does not delight in evil, evil but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never fails. See, if we can make that a part of who we are, as we love God, love ourselves, and love our neighbors as ourselves, everything changes. Because I know in, even in my own life, try and uh, that filter will change all sorts of decisions that I'm making. I, I want to do a lot of things um, because I'm not very patient sometimes. I want to do some things sometimes because I get anger quickly. And it says it doesn't, don't get easily angered. Anybody else here get easily angered? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's like, you know, you've heard me talk in the past. I've really been working on my driving. Um, how silly is it? You know, you've heard me talk about how silly is it that someone you think has done something in a lane that you don't think they belong in to take your truck, which is four times bigger than their vehicle, and run it two inches behind them. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> How silly is that? And, and so I don't know who's doing that, but stop it. <laughs> um, I've, done, I've done, that was one, but, but see, we have to keep pressing through the filter and asking ourselves, is this reaction worth it? What am I doing this for? What's it all about? What's it, you know, does this, is this going to help anybody? 
know God better? Is this going to do anything for anybody? Is this, is this loving God? Is it, is it loving someone else? Is it loving me to get all upset? And, uh, so everything needs to get passed through that filter. And so praying in the Spirit is really about staying connected to the heart of God, which is a heart of love. It keeps us from getting arrogant, from getting self-righteous, from getting self-centered and rebellious. It keeps us from using religion as a cover for evil. We need to do everything to stand, and then we need to pray uh, in the Spirit, realizing that our motivation for life needs to be love, and we need to process everything through the filter of love. So, so that as you're listening to him through the day, you should just keep on praying. You should, just in, in each and every situation that comes up, whenever you can, you say, Lord, what should I do here? What, am I, what do you need from me here? Is this, is this something I should move into, God? Is this, is this something you need from me? That's praying in the Spirit. That's staying connected and listening for the counselor to lead and to guide and to direct you. He's with you. He's in you. And, and he's, he's available. We just have to make sure that we're checking in. And, and if you start running things through the filter, you're, you're getting it where you can hear him. And so start that process. What we're going to do from here in our next section of Scripture, we're going we're to dig into those verses that I just read to you in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, a couple, of, a couple at a time. Uh, and, and in that section, we, we're talking about getting encouraging. Because I think that's what happens. See, we want to we want to move off of ourselves and and see we've gotten we've gotten focused, we've gotten you know, thankful, we've gotten connected, we've gotten ready to go, and now we realize that what we're supposed to be doing out here is encouraging other people, and and this love will help us to do that. So that's what's coming next, and uh, I look forward to sharing that with you. Um, if you're watching on television or by video, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We really do appreciate it. We know how valuable your time is. Uh, if you uh, need prayer or anything, you email us or uh, go on the website and hit the prayer contact form and uh, we'll get to you that way. And uh, we hope that you'll join us again soon. You can turn.